Well, welcome back to the uh, Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to talk about all things related to family law for guys before, during, and after divorce and trying to answer your questions and bring you the topics from the Cordell and Cordell attorneys from around the country, including our offices in the UK, and today is no different. But as I start every podcast, keep in mind, that we don't want this to be taken as an attorney-client relationship that is not developed. And it is not legal advice, as you know. I have state licensure limitations in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia, and my guest today in Iowa. So obviously, this is not a substitute for a consultation with an attorney who practices exclusively in family law. You should do that. But this really is educational. We want to stimulate a conversation between you and your attorney if you have one, or that you're looking for one. So get a piece of paper and a pen out and take some notes because it's a topic today that we haven't addressed in the 32 weeks that we've been talking about COVID. So this is a good one. Uh, and so we'll just continue to do that. But obviously, we talk about consultations. If you want a consultation, we are available around the country via Zoom technology like this, FaceTime, phone, or in person where appropriate and uh, where possible. You can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW or on the web at CordellCordell.com. So joined by Kate in our Des Moines, Iowa office. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining. And today is a really interesting topic because, again, as I mentioned, we have not really discussed it, talked about it. Um, it kind of fell by the wayside as we fell into an economic downturn with unemployment. We focused a lot on money and finances. But today we want to talk about um, the one thing that plagues family law a lot, which is infidelity, right? So really let's start at the top and, and then you'll talk about the perspective as it relates to Iowa generally because the laws may vary a little bit. Um, but you know, how does it come into play is kind of really what we want to talk about. But let's start from the perspective of you know, infidelity is related to fault. But Iowa, is it a no-fault divorce and how does that work with and what is a no-fault divorce? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Even though we're in a pandemic, I still have this come up so many times. Um, so I wanted to chat about it. To get a divorce in Iowa, all you have to show is that your marriage can't be preserved. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to prove that your spouse is at fault, um, that they did something, a wrongdoing of any kind. All you have to show is that uh, you can't reconcile your marriage. And if one party doesn't want a divorce, you you still have to move forward with it. Um, I mean, you can try to reconcile it, but the standard to show that it's it's no longer able to move forward is pretty. The bar is pretty low for that. Yeah. So, to what extent can you use, you know, adultery or whatever form it may take? Whether you know either just chatting, it's what I call emotional adultery or physical adultery. You know, in relationships, sexual or otherwise. How can that be used in Iowa? Can you use it in any way as a sword to take advantage, to get more property, to get fees? Can you use it in Iowa like that? So even though it's no fault, it does come into play to an extent. Um, uh, it, it's a very emotional time. I mean, a divorce is always difficult, probably the most difficult time in your life in certain, certain circumstances. However, um, I really tell clients that for one, whoever this person is, however you found out, we don't want to dwell too much on that because your children are involved in a lot of these circumstances. Um, 
a lot of times it, it wasn't, it's not even something that's moving forward. It's already happened in the past and it doesn't come into play. Um, if it is moving forward, however, with this new relationship, a lot of people want to know who this person is for their, the sake of their children. Um, we can bring it into play if this person has a criminal record or um, they are, have been using marital funds wrongly. Um, you're flying this person in, you know, how do we compensate you for that? Um, so there are times that it comes into play, even though it's a no fault state. Yeah. Um, other in situations would be um, alimony. If you're going mm -hmm. to live with this person now, but you've lived with your spouse for a long time, um, are you still required to pay that person alimony then if this new person is supporting them? Um, so it still becomes very relevant. Yeah. I mean, it's an emotional topic, right? And, and I think when I tell my clients here in Missouri and even Illinois, that is a, a no-fault state to some extent. Illinois is a little bit different. Um, you still have to prove fault if it's objected to. It's kind of an odd, you know, we use it and, and immediately people think, well, then if it's no fault, then why does it matter? So it matters, for example, and I know guys want to hear that perspective, and that is I'll use it from the emotional perspective. No one wants their dirty laundry aired, right? They don't want to be questioned about it. They don't want to be asked. They don't want that paramour, that boyfriend or girlfriend to be asked about it. No, bring them in and let's have a deposition. Let's hear all the intimate details of what you guys are doing and what caused the breakup of the marriage. Why? Because maybe they settle faster. I, I, you know, think about it. Human nature is, I don't, it's embarrassing. And so, but secondly, we use it here in Missouri and I've used it in Illinois to get more property. Uh, there's some court cases that suggest that if you can prove that one party was guilty of the misconduct and it caused the breakup of the marriage unrelated to anything else, you can get a, a significant split. And so I think that's worthy of use. But I guess guys are thinking, okay, now I know it exists. Perhaps the kids found out that this is why mom and dad have broken up. So what do you tell the kids? I mean, how do you, you know, get that information to them? Do you even get that information to them? That is the most difficult part because one party is so invest interested in this, invested in this, and it doesn't matter really. Um, so what I tell clients is you don't, you do not tell your kids, even though they're like, well, they need to know. No, they don't. Um, and that's really difficult because that's all they can think about. And usually um, the children are mainly with this person or something because they've alienated the other spouse for cheating and they want to get payback or whatever it may be. So um, in Iowa, at least, we're required to have clients take a, a children in the middle course. It, mm -hmm. it outlines, you know, what you are able to speak with your kids about, what you don't. I put in my stipulations um, when I'm finalizing a divorce and say, each party will hold the other to the highest regard. You know, we're going to still promote that they're your, they're your dad or they're your mom and we're not going to talk poorly of them um, because that's when it gets expensive. And that's when we need parenting coordinators to come in. That's when we need family counseling to happen. Um, and, and some people just don't want to do that anyways. They say, I'm yeah. getting a divorce. Why do I need to attend counseling with this person? This is what they've done to me. Um, and, and it's difficult. So the more you can focus on your children, keeping them out of it, um, learning this new transition of, um, how you're moving forward, 
is way easier on, on your kids and for you ultimately. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. which also leads into, you know, and I've had it and I'm sure you've heard or had it as well, where a client comes and says, well, mom's new boyfriend is suspect. You know, he's got a, a past. Either he's um, had some orders of protection from a previous relationship for domestic abuse, whether he's got a criminal record. I mean, I've even had some that had been convicted um, sexual predators, you know, sexual crimes. How do you, what do you do? How do you keep the kids away from, someone you think is not in the best interest of your children and shouldn't be around them. Yeah, and then I would say, I tell clients, well, then it's more relevant. And, um, and I always have, I think every state you have, criminal records are public records, so you can look this person up. All you need is really their full name and their birthday, and you can see their criminal history. So clients will have me do that. Um, and there's sex registries in every state, so you can look up and see if they're on there. And I do take those things in front of a judge uh, and ask that when it is their parenting time, if they're going to continue to have a relationship with this person, that they not see them on the days that they have their children. And maybe that means that they get a very limited visitation schedule. Um, in Iowa, typically the minimum is a 5-9 over 14 days. Um, you could have five overnights and usually that works. I mean, it's like a Wednesday and every other weekend that you, you're not seeing this person. Um, people typically are okay with that. Um, but if they want to fight it, you take a risk in court going in front of a judge trying to prove that um, this isn't going to happen in the future with this person or around your children. And that in my opinion, is a difficult burden. Um, states usually are reactive, not proactive. So they do wait typically until something happens. But when there's a showing on, on the court site, on the criminal site, sex offender site, that this has already occurred, then they're usually more reluctant to say, well, I need to wait until it happens in your situation. Um, so, it, it's up to the client, I guess, if they want to fight to have that person in their children's lives or not. Yeah. I know you mentioned earlier that uh, it can affect alimony. Uh, I think you mentioned living with someone. So maybe talk to you guys about how that situation can affect alimony maintenance or what some states call spousal support. Yeah. Um, in Iowa, at least, cohabitation is an argument that men should not pay alimony or women should not pay alimony if, if, a, if a man has um, stayed home primarily with the children. So if this person is now in a relationship um, with the, the, the party that they had a, a second relationship with, um, then I say, well, this benefits you because you've supported mm -hmm. uh, your wife for 20 years and now she's living with this man and you're, alimony payment 
kind of just went out the window because mm -hmm. we say, why would you pay to support her in a home when somebody else is now? Yeah. Um, so there, there's uh, definitely <laughs> benefits, I guess, yep. to this happening. Um, and it's hard to see in the moment, but then really that's a, a great benefit of getting an attorney is um, I have some clients who say, well, I'm, I'm already paying her alimony and now she's moved in with somebody else. And I say, well, that's grounds for modification. And um, I would suggest modifying it be, to show that this relationship is continuing and you shouldn't have to continue to pay her alimony. Yeah. No, it's definitely uh, something also in Missouri. We, Cohabitation, uh, it is used uh, in lieu of marriage, which would otherwise terminate maintenance perhaps, and it's abused, but it, there is case law that suggests that if someone's living with another individual and or presumably contributing towards the expenses, that needs to be just, you know looked at and, and figured into the alimony amount, whether it's at the stage in which you set it or in which down the road in which you look to terminate it or reduce it or whatever it may be. And I think that's a big one that, that many overlook that cohabitation and it's now, you know, whether it's same sex, opposite sex, whatever it may be, you have to look into that, um, getting away from the traditional notions of what you would expect that to be. So I know you mentioned earlier some language uh, in an agreement. So it kind of as we wrap up the topic, um, I know for, for myself, when you're looking at adultery and you may have some suspect um, behavior by this person or you just don't like them in general, some of the language I include, and I'm curious about your thoughts, would be um, what I call the right of first refusal. That in the event that, let's say, mom who has a boyfriend that we don't like, that we don't think may have a checkered past, that says, you know, in the event that mom, it's her time, but she's unable to watch the child or children, that she can't leave them with someone who's not related by blood or marriage, and that must come to dad. I think that helps protect, so that way, you know, I see mom goes off or goes somewhere, goes to work, and I got boyfriend who I don't trust is watching my kids, and that would infuriate me. Um, that's the kind of language I would use. There's plenty others, so what is your thought on that as we wrap up the topic? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Always tell your attorney um, who you're comfortable with when the parties can agree on mutual people, I will put their names in the stipulation and I'll say, grandma, mom, whoever is allowed, um, if none of them are available, then I get extra parenting time as dad. Um, and I, we require that they say when they're not gonna be able to watch their children for whether it's over 24 hours or whatever time frame in there that we wanna include. So that um, if they're not doing this, then you have options to file a contempt and, and maybe get more parenting time if you didn't originally get it um, to show that they're not exercising the time that they were awarded or that we agreed to anyways. So uh, a lot of times that, that can be, I mean, I always tell clients, mark on your calendar when you're taking additional time because that's grounds for how we modify and show that if you want primary or you want shared care or more time, um, we show that you're already doing it. And that is really what is effective in front of a judge. Yep, and I mean, there's language as you suggest, or there's individuals you don't want them to be with or, or only particularly have that conversation. I mean, I've gone so far as to include provisions that, you know, mom's boyfriend shall not be left alone with the child, the child or children. And we don't just say boyfriend, we call them out by name, that way in the event they get married. And, th and there may be some questionable things or 
they never shall be alone, no matter what the situation, because I've had that as well, where really this guy should never be in a room alone with children. So mm-hmm. um, it's a great conversation to have with your attorney. Kate, thanks so much for joining and filling guys in with some really interesting ideas and topics to have a conversation with your attorney about. So appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So continue to tune in. We'll do this twice every week coming up in November. Make sure to check out the virtual town hall that we've been doing uh, during COVID for the last 32 weeks. It's an opportunity for you to log in live during a one-hour session with a panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys from around the country. You can ask questions, get answers right then, right there on the issues and topics that matter most to you. You can check out and register for the virtual town hall on our website, CordellCordell.com, or you can go to our YouTube channel where you can check out our past virtual town halls, as well as podcasts like this and get more information. Check out both of our websites at CordellCordell.com, mensdivorce, and dadsdivorce.com. Give us a call if you want a consultation at 866-DADS-LAW. Until next time, have a great week.